everybody, I'm Dave Lane. We want to welcome you to the Parent Pause. I know that parenting can be difficult, and so I'm excited to be able to be here to encourage you in your journey as a parent. I'm also excited to be joined by my amazing co-host, Emma Smith, who happens to be my daughter. And we're going to talk about parenting, and I'm going to be coming from the perspective of a parent. And Emma's going to be sharing some things from the perspective of my child. And so we're going to share some times where I did it well, and sometimes where I fell short. Because we all know this, that parenting isn't perfection. And there is no perfect parent. So, we hope this encourages you. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited that you are here. I am Emma and I am here with my dad, Dave. Dave. Well, we're excited that you're here. We've been talking about uh, grace and creating an environment of grace with our kids. Hmm. And we talked about the freedoms. Remember we talked about last time, the freedom to be different. To be different. And mm-hmm. we said it wasn't sinful. It's just those quirky things our kids do that those kind of unique things, yeah. That kind of may even annoy us, embarrass us, and we don't always just understand. Just seem a little weird sometimes. Just seems a little weird. <laughs> and we talked about the fact that I think all of us as kids were guilty of that. Mm. What we're going to talk about today is another freedom that I think is really important: is the freedom to be vulnerable. Mm. Think about this for a moment, and why do we struggle, even as human beings, to be vulnerable? Yeah, I think it's because it puts you in a like awkward situation because you don't know how that person that you're being vulnerable with is going to respond. Yeah. Um, and I think it takes like that vulnerability is something that's uncomfortable for us. Right. Mm. And so like wanting to share that with others is intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of open up, we kind of expose our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we become very transparent, which is a very, very scary thing for us. Right. So think back to your childhood, Em. Mm-hmm. like either as a kid or a teenager, where was an area that you felt vulnerable? Yeah, I would say in like my high school career, I struggled a lot with body image and I also struggled a lot with identity, mm. um, just like not thinking that I was good enough. And I remember that was, yeah, a huge insecurity of mine growing up um, and it was challenging. Yeah. So did you have a place that you could go, I mean, a person that you could express that to? who kind of allowed you to express those vulnerabilities without judgment? Yeah. I would say that it was, it was actually mom, Mm. um, being able to come to her and like have her listen to my heart and listen to where I was at, um, was so crucial. And I think like, obviously she wasn't perfect. And there was days that were like, I came at, 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 um, Mm -hmm. messy times, right. Where it was like, we couldn't have a deep conversation. Um, but there was many times where she was willing to sit, um, even in the craziness of the day and, and mm. hear how I was feeling. Um, yeah. And I think being able to have her not just like stop me from talking, mm. but actually listening to hear me out was mm. huge. Mm. Um, and, and what did that do for you? Like, I know it probably didn't take away that vulnerability, no. but how did it help you as a kid? I would say that it reinforced that home was a safe place Mm. it reinforced that she was a safe place for me Mm. um and that she was like yeah that she wasn't gonna she she wasn't gonna go away like she was gonna stick Mm. with me even when i was in my messiest yeah 
Mm-hmm. And she probably didn't trivialize it either. No, no. no. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I read this in the book that the reason why kids feel vulnerable is in those moments of vulnerability, what is actually happening is this, is their three basic needs are being attacked. Mm-hmm. So they basically are not feeling secure, they're not feeling significant, and they're not feeling strong. Hmm. And it's really interesting, too, because we tend to look at this world as a physical world. Right. But Paul says this, it's not a battle against flesh and blood. Right. But it's a battle against the principalities of darkness. Yeah. And it's in those moments where our kids feel vulnerable mm-hmm. that the forces of darkness actually attack. Yeah, 100%. I would say in my, like... My vulnerability, there was a lot of lies that I was believing from culture, um, but also a lot of lies that I would say the enemy liked to use to manipulate, Mm -hmm. um, to discourage me. And so one of the things that mom would do for me is she would listen and she would listen well, Mm -hmm. but then she wouldn't just leave me there. Um, She would actually reinforce with truth, right? So she would, she would bring me back to scripture. She would bring me back to Okay, but who does God say yep. you are? And yep. and I think we've talked about this before, like in other podcasts, like what does our kids need to identify themselves in, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it was just the reinforce of like, identify myself in Christ mm-hmm. and not in what culture says I have to do. Yeah. And because she didn't trivialize, yeah, she left that door open. Yeah. Right. So, so there were probably times where you felt, okay, you know what? I'm done being vulnerable right now. Yeah. I need a break. Yeah. But you always knew that door was open for Dick to come back. 100%. You know, I think it's really important. We're going to talk about this a little later, but I think it's really important as parents, we do not trivialize. Mm. And the reason why is because the enemy doesn't trivialize. Mm. Mm-hmm. He makes the most of every one of these moments. Yeah. Because in those moments where we feel, uh, we don't feel secure, significant, or strong, mm. what he does is this, is he provides a counterfeit. Yeah. For those inner needs. 100% he does. Right. If you don't feel secure love, he'll help you find it somewhere else. Yep. If you don't feel significant purpose, you know, or strong hope, mm-hmm. he'll do whatever he can to sidetrack you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those places where you can go to express those vulnerabilities mm-hmm. that aren't trivialized. Right. You know, he's got, he's got full reign. Right. Because in those spaces, you're right. Like they weren't trivialized, but they also like were reinforced with hope. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And reinforced with truth. Um, yeah. And that's crucial. So here's the thing. Just think about this for a moment, Emma. You know, I know you're not a parent, but think about this. If you were a parent and you understood that when your kids feel vulnerable, the enemy's attacking. Mm. How does that change the way you view the situation? I think it changes in the sense of I, you, you would... You would feel less like it's a burden almost in the sense of like, oh, well, I'm just going to dismiss it. I also would say that it changes your viewpoint on prayer. Yeah. I'm in praying for your kids. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's a very different perspective than just being like, oh, well, go find help from the internet or like wherever else they would find help. Right. You're understanding. Okay. In this moment, I need to speak truth to my kid and... But I also need to listen to their heart so that they, yeah. they're actually willing to receive yeah. the truth. You know, it's interesting being a parent. It was in those moments when I was told that, mm. that your kid's actually being attacked by the enemy, mm. that I got fired up. Right. Because what God was calling me to do. Was like, to protect us. Like, for example, if the enemy was attacking you, mm-hmm. my goal was to stand in between you and the enemy. Right. And every time he spoke a lie to you, mm-hmm. I would remind you of not my truth. Right. 
but I would remind you of God's truth because I realize this because I, I believe it's in James chapter four, verse seven. It says mm-hmm. this, resist the, de- uh, uh, submit to God, mm-hmm. resist the devil and, and he will flee, flee from you. Mm-hmm. And submitting to God is saying, okay, this is what truth is. Right. Yeah. Because the only thing that'll make the enemy flee is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so for mom and I, we realized mm-hmm. not right away, yeah. but we realized that, whoa, in these moments where you were feeling vulnerable, mm-hmm. we weren't to trivialize. Right. Because the enemy wasn't trivializing. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is pick up the sword of the spirit. Right. And the power of prayer. Yeah. And to go and to go head to head. Right. To defend you. Right. You and Bob. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think one thing that we can do for kids is this is help them learn to balance feeling and fact. Mm-hmm. I read this in the book that fact are things parents see that kids can't see. Mm-hmm. Feelings is things kids perceive about the situation they're in. Right. And the problem, what happens is, is when they can't make that connection between their feelings and facts, mm-hmm. that disconnection actually creates... Uh, vulnerability mm-hmm. because it's, it's the power it's kind of things get cloudy yeah well yeah. i also would say that like the reality is as a adolescent and even in teen like in teen teenage hood i don't know if that's yeah. that what it is yeah. um like a child's brain is still developing right so yeah. the whole between feeling and fact like regulating that and trying to figure yeah. out how to balance that they're learning that their brain is growing so that they can do that in adulthood yeah yeah that's good let me read this statement to you and and i want to know what you think because i i read this and it kind of blew my mind it says this parents who don't notice don't acknowledge or don't allow vulnerabilities to come to the surface get this create kids who are held hostage by those vulnerabilities. Mm, mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Yeah, because I think if your kids don't have a space to learn to regulate their emotions, they're never going to learn how to do that. Yeah. Right? And so if you're just shutting it down always, like your kid's never going to be able to go, okay, how do I actually balance this out? Yeah. And as a parent, part of your job is to like help your kids along yeah. with that, right? Yeah. So when you went to mom mm-hmm. with your vulnerabilities about your identity, mm-hmm. did you find that when you talked through it, it actually helped you to make that connection better? Yeah, I would say that as time went on, talking and 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 being able to like put it out on the table did yeah. make those connections. Now, here's what I would say though: yeah. it wasn't just one time conversation. No. And no. I think this is the big thing: is a lot of times when a kid or a teenager is struggling with something that conversation may happen the exact same way four or five times or even more than that right mm-hmm. like the reality is if you talk to to my mom she probably would have told you that like emma talks about this a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. because it was what was like in the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. at that time and i was trying to process it and so it, it's not just this like one and done conversation yeah. the reality is it may happen more than once and each time that conversation happens those connections will be made yeah. Right? So when it comes to vulnerability, the key that I would say is listening. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to give the answer. Not right away, no. Because even mom would even say that there were times you would come mm-hmm. and she wouldn't even give you an answer. She would just let you talk. Right. And you would 
you would come to your own solution. Right. Because she also understood that at that time I wasn't ready for an answer. And there were times where yep. she would try and give an answer. Yep. And my response was probably like, wasn't, wasn't the great. Best, yeah. And she was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's not what Emma that. needed, right? She, um, she'd, she'd step back and they'd, she'd regroup. Yeah. Okay, now how are we going to do this again? Yeah, very much so. And so I think like being the one who was a teenager, there, there was such a comfort in knowing that like, yeah, that, that I could have those continual conversations. Yeah, yeah. And so here's the key that I, I think I really want parents to understand. Don't trivialize. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy for us as parents to trivialize. And the reason why is because we see the big picture. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, um, I was very emotional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever, and I would date girls, Mm -hmm. like when they would break up with me, it'd be the end of the world. Your whole world fell apart. Like, I'm just like, I'm never going to get married. Right. I'm going to be single for my life. Right. And I remember I would come and talk to my dad and my dad would always go, go talk to your mom. Right. Because he knew, he's just like, I don't get this. (laughs) But I would sit down with my mom and I'd be in tears and I'd be in, and she knew. Right. Because she had been through it all. Yeah. But she never said, oh, well. It's going to get better. She always would let me just let let it all out. Yeah. Even though she knew the big picture. Right. And so for us as parents, it's so easy for us to go, well, it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be fine. Trust right. me. I right. know. But in that moment, it's not about trusting them. Right. It's about trying to process all of these emotions because you've made yourself you've been hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think like there will be a day that your kids will come through it and they'll be able to look back and go, oh, that wasn't actually as big as I thought it was. Yeah. But as you said, in that moment, that's that's their experience. Yeah. That's their life. Yeah. That's what they're living in in that moment. Yeah. And so, yeah, 20, de- 20 years down the road, we'll be, totally be living in a different moment. Yeah. They'll look back and go, okay, I've developed more. Right. Yeah. Also, as I said before, their brain is still developing. Yeah. Yeah. So when their brain is fully developed, they're going to be able to look back and go, oh, yeah, like I, 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 big of a deal I look back now <laughs> and go, that. that wasn't the end of the world. Right. But for me at that moment, it's huge. It was the end of the yeah. world. And so, you know, never forgetting what it was like mm-hmm. to be a child. I think we choose to do that. Right. But actually sitting in the situation and not looking at the situation through your eyes as a parent, mm. but actually look at the situation through your kid's eyes. Yeah. What does that look like as a grade nine? Exactly. Who's been dumped for the first time? Exactly. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. And that really helps you. Uh, if anything, my mom would do, if she ever gave advice, is she would always give scripture. Hmm. And one of the verses that she would always tell me is 1 Peter 5, 7. Hmm. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes and the, these vulnerabilities, you know, never go away. Mm-hmm. Like Paul talks about this whole idea of the thorn in the flesh. Remember that passage? Yep. Right. And so we need to help them to deal with it. Perfect example is for you, Em, with mm-hmm. your with your dyslexia. Yeah. Like when we identified that, that was a huge vulnerability for you. Yeah. That wasn't going away. No. You still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And so as parents, we can't solve that for you, mm-hmm. but we can help you deal with that thorn in your flesh. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think in that, like with my dyslexia specifically, you guys identified it. Um, you walked with me through it and then you reinforced that it actually wasn't as terrible as I thought it was. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so even though I struggle with it still and I really have a hard time reading, mm-hmm. my perspective of it mm-hmm. is very different than it yeah. was before. And a lot of that was because you and mom came along beside me mm-hmm. and wrestled with me through the hard yeah. moments. You know, it's interesting. Our vulnerabilities, I think what that does, it exposes our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And all of us as humans have weaknesses. Yeah. And I think what my mom realized when I was young is one of my weaknesses was I would wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm. I'm very sensitive, very emotional, almost (laughs) to the point where it can be a downfall, right? (laughs) And so the fact is, is we have those weaknesses, so we... They're not going to go away, so how can we deal with them? And there's a passage that from the... From 1 Corinthians... Or 2 Corinthians, that Paul wrote, which I want to read. It's really interesting. It's at Second Corinthians 12, uh, 9 to 10, it says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, mm. for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more uh, gladly about my weaknesses mm. so that Christ's power may rest on me. Mm-hmm. That is why for the sake, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, insults and in hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. I love this. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Now, yeah. I, I was reading a commentary on this, and it's really interesting. When I read this passage for a long time, I always thought it was um, consecutive. Let me explain mm-hmm. what I mean. When it says here that uh, when I am weak, for when I am weak, then I am strong, I always thought that, okay, we're going to have a period of weakness, mm-hmm. and then we're going to experience a period of strength. Mm. So we'll be weak, then we'll be strong. And so it, it was consecutive. Mm. Like one thing happened, the other thing happened. Yeah. But this passage, I'm going to teach you a new word today. This passage actually congruent. congruent. Do you know what congruent means? Congruent yeah. means they fall on top of each other. Yeah. Right? Oh, you knew that? <laughs> yeah, I did know oh, that, wow. Dad. <laughs> you, had more than, you know more than I do. But what Paul is saying here is this, is I um, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm. So if I'm not weak... It's in my weakness right. that I experience the strength of God. Right. You know, one of my vulnerabilities as a kid, and I'll share this with you quickly, is I was terrified of people. Mm. And like M, like I couldn't even get my name out. Mm. Like people would, and I stuttered. So people would ask right. me who I was, and I was so nervous. I would go, Dave Lane. Like it was bad. Yeah. Right? And I look where I am today, and I remember if you had talked to my parents back then, they're like, it's only by the grace of God. Right. Because a little kid that's scared of people is not going to, yeah. but they always encouraged me that Dave, this is your weakness, mm-hmm. but in your weakness, you'll experience God's strength right, and not your own. Right. And I think that's so beautiful. Like it's, it's with different things that are weak in our own lives. It's different like experiences we go through. The reality is everything in Christ can be made into a strength. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I even look back into like looking back when I struggled with my body image mm-hmm. and my identity, mm-hmm. the reality is it's part of my testimony yep. and I've been able to use that and, and, and understand how that feels and also like be able to speak to other people who've walked through that. Right. And, and so I think even walking through vulnerabilities down the road or even in that place, God's able to still use them. Exactly what you're saying, mm. right? Is like through Christ, that weakness can be looked upon as strength yep. 
because he can redeem it and he can glorify it. Right. And it's glorifying him, not us. And I think a a big thing is this is, is yes, our kids have vulnerabilities, but let's face it as parents, we have vulnerabilities as well. Hmm. Now I think we need to, I think we need to have wisdom in what we share with our kids and at what age we share with our kids. For sure. But I think it's really important for us as parents to share our vulnerabilities. Yeah. Because I've shared with you guys many times how I stuttered and mm-hmm. I, I'm dyslexic as well. Mm-hmm. And just looking at what how God uses me now, mm-hmm. giving him all the glory, it kind of encourages you. says, okay, well, if dad struggled and dad had vulnerabilities. Right. And despite dad's weaknesses, God is using him this way, mm. then there's hope for me. So what I would say is this, is never underestimate the power of our examples. Yeah. Right? I would say part of the reason why I felt so comfortable going to mom um, in my time of vulnerability was because she was willing to be vulnerable with me as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and as you said, there there is different stages and ages where you share things with your kids. Yeah. But I think it's just reinforcing that relationship aspect mm-hmm. of of being real with your kids allows them to be real with you yeah so i think the way she, we should end this podcast em, is with a verse okay i think god gets the last word and i want to encourage parents that as parents we need to live this out in front of our kids mm. because we want our kids to do this one of my favorite verses is hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 it says this let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy Mm. and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mm. I can't put it any better. Yeah. So that's it for for today. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. See you guys later.